if you are interested in 12-step recovery and the benefit of it, I'd like it to be known that, generally speaking, it's not about religion. It's about recovery, and it's about group uh, like-mindedness. To attend these recovery meetings, you're going to be around people that are also dealing with alcohol, such as myself. I'm an alcoholic, or I was anyway until, you know, I got right with God, and that was really just the spirit I was under. The spell that I was under was this turned away negative spirit of drinking every day just to numb out. But you can call me an alcoholic. I don't mind. I don't. In a worldly sense, I guess you could designate me that. It doesn't really matter. I'm free of it today. I don't even think about it. That's the grace of recovery and the grace of God. It's not even a thought to me. The world might want to bring that up. And maybe they do in certain circumstances have the right to. You know what I mean? There's a whole accountability angle that comes with um, recovery as well. To a greater or lesser degree, you're going to find people that, you know, who have alcohol problems or drug problems or, you know, any kind of substance abuse problem. There's going to be people that they have to make amends to, apologize to. So I'm sure there are people out there that, you know, would want to hold me accountable to that. Jonathan's an alcoholic. First of all, I never beat, robbed, raped, killed anybody, embezzled money. I was just a bumbling idiot. I was obnoxious at times and rude and self-centered. So if somebody wants to hold me to that accountability, call me an alcoholic. Cool. But the point is to anyone listening, the grace of recovery can be that you see your past faults for what they were. You were caught up in a spirit. You were caught up in a negativity. And it's what you became. It's not who you are. I became a man who drank every day, smoked weed every day, and was turned away from God and my fellow man. I was spiritually turned away, so that's what I became. That's not what I am. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm a man who was spiritually turned away. And I drank and I smoked pot to cover that up. Ladies and gentlemen, step right up. How the hell are you, folks? It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan, reporting live for duty. On this magnificent November 12th, in the year of our Lord, 2021, welcome and bienvenue to Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. Hey, how you doing? Good to be here, folks. Yes. You know, living in Canada... Toronto, Canada, where I hail out of, I'm beginning to wonder about this global warming. I mean, it's like plus nine degrees Celsius outside, beaming sunshine, 
You know, it's like autumn in like mid-November. I'm not exactly quite used to this, ladies and gentlemen. Then again, I am from a different part of the country originally. I originally hail out of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, you know, home of the Edmonton Oilers, bud. And uh, used to just piles of snow, you know. When I was your age, I had to walk 50 miles to school uphill in the middle of a snowstorm and 50 miles back home in the middle of a fucking tsunami. I don't want to quite play that stupid, like, demented, dementia, you know, Alzheimer's, stupid, retarded kind of game, you know, like in my day when I was a kid, but like, I'm telling you, boy, you know, when I was a youngster, when I was just a little youngin, little munchkin, we'd have like piles of snow up to your asshole in um, Edmonton, Alberta, you know, just snowbanks. Snowbanks of snow. Like, I mean, it was like, it was like almost like tickety-boo, like clockwork. It would like snow Halloween Eve, Hallowsween Eve. It would just snow Halloween. You know, well, it's been weaning because here we are in November, November 12th. And as I reported... Plus nine degrees outside, Celsius, sunny. You know, I'm about to go for a walk, get a coffee, maybe go for a suntan. And, um, you know, but then again, like I said, I'm on the east side, east coast of, uh, well, not coast, but east side of Canada. You know, Ontario, Toronto, Ontario. In the west, it's considerably colder, but uh, I don't know. A part of me feels like there is something up with this global warming, but uh, another part of me just thinks it's fear-mongering, um, you know, fiddlesticks, poppycock, horse feathers. You know what I mean? So if you are new to the show, Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast, this is a show where I bitch, whine, squawk, bellyache, and kibitz about myself in order to relate to y'all self, y'all the dear listener, y'all the dear viewer, shared experiences, kindred souls, BFFs forever. And I point guns at people. Imaginary guns. Pew, 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 pew. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey. My own website, Jonathan, pronounced Jonathan, Jonathan-Ramcharan.com. And as always, folks, if you're enjoying the show, getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, guffaws, chortles. If you are digging the show, folks, please... Help my black ass out. Share me with a friend. Sharing's caring, folks. You know it truly is. Yeah. It's hot. Telling you, boy. I've said it before and I'll say it again. You know, if this is your first time reporting to Jonathan Ramcher on the podcast, JRP. If this is the first time you've reported to this program, I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's hot. You know? You know, when you're under them lights, boy, squawking up a blue streak gets hot. <sighs> Plus, this global warming don't help. Ugh. Is Santa going to make it this year? I don't know. You know, 
Quick sip of water, boss. Don't mind me, boss. Oh, yeah. I got something in my eye. Maybe it's like, um, you know, a UV beam ruptured my eyelid. I'm half fucking blind for this episode. So if you are a returning guest to JR the P, if you know, if you don't know, if you may or may not know, I am an actor extraordinaire. That's being to the bone, ladies and gentlemen, and damn proud of it, you know? I can only think of one actor with one eye that ever made it Popeye, you know? Olive! You know? I is who I is as I all said I is. You know? Something that never made quite sense to me as a kid was like... Ninja Turtles. They ate pizza, Right? So I was like, dope, I'll eat pizza. Ninja Turtles do it. I also love Popeye, and apparently spinach makes you strong. I was like, yeah, no, no Popeye. No spinach, please. Fuck that spinach. You know, give me the pizza. I want to be a Ninja Turtle. Also, I ate lasagna like Garfield. It never occurred to me to, like, try to eat healthy like Popeye. Or to become a ninja or do martial arts like the Ninja Turtles. It was always, like, the negative. You know, I want to eat pizza and live in the sewer. I'm telling you, I don't know if this eye is going to make it this episode. I got like an eyelash in my eye. As actors are very finicky types, you know what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it's hard to, you know, get into the groove and the mode of performance when you got eyelashes in your eye. You know, you get a little hungry, you start thinking about maybe getting a pizza or a lasagna or maybe a bowl of spinach. You know, there's a lot of things that do affect an actor's work, you know, such as yours truly here. One thing I've been focusing on very much as of late, um, it's uh, Dionysus time. I want to channel the cosmos of Dionysus. Now, Dionysus was like this Greek orgiast. Like, uh, apparently he was like a demigod, god, or demigod, or maybe a full god, I don't know. But he was like a Greek god, the god of wine and merriment. And, you know, in Greek theater, ancient Greece, where, you know, a lot of people claim theater came out of, you know, like um, Oedipus Rex, Odysseus, or or Donkeyus, or whatever the fuck. You know, there was this god, Dionysus, and he was the god of the dramatic arts, you know? Getting drunk, putting on a play, you know, wearing a toga, orgies. Dionysus, the god of dildos. So I want to channel like the cosmos of Dionysus and, you know, get to, you know, creating, you know, Um, I did a lot this year for myself as an actor. I'm very proud of my accomplishments and um, I'll have more to speak on that as 
uh, in time to come, in days to come. But um, it's also time for me to channel that inner Greek drunk orgiest in me, the Dionysus in me, and, you know, get on the creation wagon, the creation train. Choo-choo! All aboard! So, you know, I got to get on that creation train and, uh, you know, it's kind of like knowing it is the first step to doing it. There's some sort of saying along those lines. And um, that's kind of what I'm seeing right now. You know, I'm seeing that, yeah, it's time to me to get on to the next thing. It was nice to have a little bit of a break. And, uh, you know, on to the next one. More to come. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, actor extraordinaire. I am also a stand-up comedian extraordinaire. Yes. Um, you know, same thing. Time to get on to the next thing. Um, again, very proud of the work I did as a stand-up comedian in 2021. You know, uh, I stood up to the challenges that I need to, that I needed to. And I hope that's very much relatable and inspirational to y'all out there, any dear listener. You know, um, this was a year of challenge. Um, You know, I don't quite agree with poking your nose where it shouldn't belong or imposing or calling on others to accept your reality you know like imposing yourself in places where you don't belong like you know i'm a, i'm very much about you know you know following god and doing for yourself and what that calls you to do you know like don't be dependent and involved with what other people do you know what i mean if they threaten to take your job away because you don't get a vaccine or if you speak a certain way or whatever the fuck, blah, blah, blah. Let it go. Fuck them. If it's that important to you, take it. And then you go and you do your other thing. And you just keep doing what you got to do. Because the thing about um, bureaucracy and, you know, government overreach and bullying and... HR departments, all their, all their power is arbitrary. They got no power. They're windbags. They're hot air. You know, they, um, they cry victim and bitch, whine, and bellyache. But they really can't do anything. That's why, they, that's why their whole agenda is to destroy rather than to build. So that's why there's no power in it. I mean, it's so much easier to destroy something than it is to build it, right? So they want to cancel culture people and bitch, wine, and bellyache and, you know, create jobs out of the blue and just give away tax dollars to causes. You know, they want to throw money around and opportunities around that are just fluff. As if it just comes from nowhere. As if money grows on trees, as if opportunities just grow on trees, as if, as if that's how life works. 
Here you go. Let me hand you your dreams. Yeah, you earned it. You know what I mean? So like their whole outlook for the most part, these bedwetting bitches, you know, belly acres and, you know, babblers. It's of no power. It's of no consequence. So if they want to shut you down for saying something or have an opinion or a, a view or an outlook, whatever, because there's no power in it. You just move on to the next thing. And um, that's a long-winded wa- woundabout, uh, woundabout, wascoey wabbit, roundabout way of saying, you know, like, I'm happy that I carved out my niche and I did what I had to do in 2021 as a stand-up comedian. And I didn't have to cry and bitch and whine and beg anybody to do it. I just stood up on my own two haunches, got up on my hind legs, and spit it. And, um, you know, soon to be revealed, this, um, you know, acting comedy work that I did in 2021 that I'm quite proud of, soon to be revealed. And... What I'm seeing the next leg of the journey is, is to get back to that writing, you know, just the old school way of being a comic, you know, sitting down with a pen and a pad and a notepad and squatting down and, you know, cracking foxy. I mean, type of shit that makes you sick to your stomach, really. I mean, you know, sitting down writing jokes and, um, you know, finding your way to the stage. Taking it to the stage. And, you know, things aren't 100%. You know, it ain't gravy and goose eggs for everybody. But, um, you know, you just got to keep doing what you do. And believe in what you do. And get on stage. All will be revealed in time. And I hope that's relatable. Whatever you do out there. You know? Um, keep on keeping on. Hallelujah. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, stand-up comedian extraordinaire. Quick sip of water, boss. Don't mind me, boss. Yeah, it's very important to remember that. I just want to reiterate in these challenging times and in these changing times. You know, number one, we are the government. Whether they like it or not, we the people are the government. They're not this omnipotent power that sits atop a hill, conducting and commanding via remote control while we still live in a democratic system. I, living here in Canada, living in the Western world, we're still in a democratic system for the most part. So as much as they want to fucking flex their authority, they really have no authority. It's we the people. And as long as you stand up and do your part, they can't touch you because they got no power. Their power is in whining and complaining and canceling and in doing nothing. But if you stand up and do something, they can't touch this. I didn't do it. Remember Bart Simpson? I didn't do it. I didn't do it. You know, 
They can't touch this, you know, because they don't, their whole model is about complaining and getting gifted, you know, gift me an opportunity while I bitch at you about my injustices, not understanding that nobody cares at all. I guarantee you, whatever, whatever affliction someone might cry victim about let's go black right let's go black as i am a black man believe it or not um let's go black let's say like you know you're a black person a black male and you know you're bitching and whining oh you know it's so tough as a black male there's all these preconceived notions about being a black man and what that role means as a man as a father as a employee as a business owner in this day and age it's just everyone's against the black man and yeah, yeah, we rally call and we rally cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. And then you link up with a tribe of people that are black power and black minded and black conscious just like yourself. Believe me, when it comes down to that job, that gravy train job that you all have your eyes on, well, then you'll be at each other's throats. There will be some sort of power dynamic, power shift, some sort of well, no, I've suffered more than he suffered. I should get the job. No, no, I should get the job. But I thought it was all about brotherhood and loving and doving and dibbly doo and the black agenda and baby baby And what it will all come down to is individual cynicism. What's good for the goose ain't good for the gander. Nobody fucking cares. All right? My perspective is key. My perspective is king. I'm the boss of my world. And I prorate things in my favor that put me in a good light whilst casting my opponents in a negative light. That's the game everybody's playing. Whether you're a feminist, you know, a Black Lives Matter activist, a fucking proud boy, a fucking Republican a fucking liberal, a conservative, a democrat, a demigod, whatever the fuck you are, it's a game of cynicism and nobody gives a fuck. So basically when you stand for yourself and you build for yourself, there's a power in that because the opposition isn't willing to do that. They're not willing to stand for themselves and build for themselves. They want to tear other people down and take, take from others. And everybody knows that that's unfair and unjust. I mean, there's, isn't there something sickening about a person who would cry for a first place prize having not earned it? Isn't there something kind of pathetic about that? It's like, you, you know you didn't win, you know you didn't win the race. You didn't win the contest. You... You bitch and cry and bellyache and got other people canceled for it. Nobody respects that. Who respects that? They have no power. Yeah. So that's a little rant, a little rap, a little whatever. Hit me back. jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. Is this making sense? You know, I'm kind of free-balling it, you know, eyeballing it, free-fucking it, you know, free-flowing it today. Let me know what you think. Jr. Dot the podcast at 
gmail.com. Yes. Today is a day past, or depending on how you count dates. Sometimes it's weird when you're counting calendar dates. You know, it's like from one, like, do you do you count the day of in the count of days? You know, like, let's say you do one full calendar year. Or like, what, what dates do you count when you're counting dates, right? Like, do you count the day of or the last date before the date? I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, let's say like a year and seven months from now. Do I count a full calendar year, seven months, and the exact date or the day before? Bit of a head scratcher, bit of a noggin twister. Anyway, today I'm a full... I am five years to the day, or five years in one day, depending on how you slice it. I am five years sober. Today. From drugs and alcohol. Well, that gets a little dicey. I was never really a hard... I was never a hard drug user. I snorted coke, like maybe... uh, uh, like a handful of times, really, like maybe 10 times. Uh, in the course of 16 years of alcoholism, I snorted cocaine like maybe 10 times. So, you know, I wasn't really into the heavy drugs. Um, I smoked pot like pretty much every day. Like, I smoked pot frequently, and then the last three years of my drinking, I smoked weed, if not every day, regularly, like throughout a week. You know, I smoked weed regularly. My main thing was alcohol. I was an alcoholic. And for the last, I had a drinking problem for like 16 years. 16 years. And the last three of which, I was drunk every day. Literally drunk every day or too incapacitated from a hangover to really be out out of bed. I'd just be in bed with a hangover or passed out. Or I would just be broke. So basically, I would have to be either flat broke or incapacitated in bed to stop myself from drinking. There were, like, I mean, the thought of being sober, wake, awake and sober, was just like, why? <laughs> like, if you ever lived a lifestyle like that, where it's like, to be awake and sober, what point does that serve? Like, the pain of who I am or whatever my issue is needs to be covered up with alcohol. I have to be drunk right now. That was, like, my mindset. And I was very kind of earthy and free-flowing and whimsical. And, uh, you know, stream-of-consciousness-minded throughout this episode thus far so i want to rope it back a bit and just get specific and get a little tighter you know try to hit the dots and you know make my points so yeah i'm five years sober today and uh first of all god god i believe in god i was raised christian went to catholic school Still don't really know my relationship with Jesus, what that means. Still don't really know what the full 
meaning of the Bible is and do I believe in religion? Did these things really happen? Were there really disciples and a Jesus? Was he really executed for claiming to be the king of the Jews? Was he crucified? Was he condemned to death by the very same people he came to love and free from the bondage of sin and slavery? Did that actually happen? I don't know, right? I don't know this, but um, I do believe in God, a creator. And um, that has changed me profoundly in my recovery. Secondly, 12-step recovery. And um, I want to throw this out front for any of y'all struggling. 12-step recovery is not dependent upon a higher power or a religion. It's generally known in 12-step recovery that there is a spiritual component to it, a higher power, but that can be a higher power of your choosing, whether it be like a um, 12-step group that you attend, you know, Wherever you choose to place your higher power. So, if you are interested in 12-step recovery and the benefit of it, I'd like it to be known that, generally speaking, it's not about religion. It's about recovery, and it's about group uh, like-mindedness. To attend these recovery meetings... You're going to be around people that are also dealing with alcohol, such as myself. I'm an alcoholic, or I was anyway until, you know, I got right with God. And that was really just the spirit I was under. The spell that I was under was this turned away negative spirit of drinking every day just to numb out. But you can call me an alcoholic. I don't mind. I don't. In a worldly sense, I guess you could designate me that. It doesn't really matter. I'm free of it today. I don't even think about it. That's the grace of recovery and the grace of God. It's not even a thought to me. The world might want to bring that up. And maybe they do in certain cir circumstances have the right to. You know what I mean? There's a whole accountab accountability angle that comes with um, recovery as well. To a greater or lesser degree, you're going to find people that, you know, who have alcohol problems or drug problems or, you know, any kind of substance abuse problem. There's going to be people that they have to make amends to, apologize to. So I'm sure there are people out there that, you know, would want to hold me accountable to that. Jonathan's an alcoholic. First of all, I never beat, robbed, raped, killed anybody, embezzled money. I was just a bumbling idiot. I was obnoxious at times and rude and self-centered. So if somebody wants to hold me to that accountability, call me an alcoholic. Cool. But the point is to anyone listening, the grace of recovery can be that you see your past faults for what they were. You were caught up in a spirit. You were caught up in a negativity. 
And it's what you became, it's not who you are. I became a man who drank every day, smoked weed every day, and was turned away from God and my fellow man. I was spiritually turned away, so that's what I became. That's not what I am. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm a man who was spiritually turned away. And I drank and I smoked pot to cover that up. But I can be called an alcoholic. That's cool. But I personally don't think of it that way. I don't even think about it. I just don't drink anymore. I was relieved of that spiritual malady. And here we go. You know, I said I wasn't going to get too uh, blabbermouthed and metaphysical about it or whatever. But, um, you know, generally speaking, 12-step recovery, it's not even about all that. It's really just about, you know, putting yourself, having a faith in a higher power, a power of your choosing, and attending these meetings and working on yourself. Um do a 12-step program. And the first step of a 12-step program is, number one, we admitted that we're powerless over alcohol and that um, our lives had become unmanageable. And from that perspective, it frees you up for the rest of the uh, 12 steps. You can find them online. You can find plenty of information on there. And if this is something that appeals to you, I highly recommend it. Yes. And if you dip back into the lexicon of Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast, available on um, iTunes, Spotify, um, my own website, jonathan-ramtran.com, I've spoke on length about this. I've made videos on this, um, you know, alcoholism, Um my very first episode of Jared the P here, I was turning one year sober. If you go back to episode number one, I talk about what it's like to be one year sober. I had turned one year sober on that episode. So here we are five years in, and um, I want to emphasize to anybody listening um, and who's seeking recovery that 12-step recovery is a great place to start. It's non-denominational. I want to just get that across real clear. I know that I'm speaking personally here about my belief in God and my my relationship with God. That is something that, while I'd always encourage somebody to explore, it's definitely not a basis of 12-step recovery. Again, non-denominational. It's not based on religion. It's about recovery and these 12... Um, steps that help you get accountability and a lasting sense of recovery in one's life. So anyway, you know, here I am five years sober today, and um, I want to emphasize the importance and the strength and the connectiveness of a 12-step program. They really help. You know, um, my first three years of recovery, I went to meetings weekly, sometimes double, triple. Some people go every day. Some people go several times a day, depending on their needs. 
I went to meetings like weekly, sometimes two to three times a week, but definitely weekly. And I, I would go to these meetings and they're, they're, they're generally about an hour long. And there's opportunity to share on your issues regarding your alcoholism or your substance abuse issue. Then you get a hear from others about what's going on with them. And that also opens up other insights into your self and your condition and what's going on. So you get to share and you get to listen and you get to be a part of a community. And there's great benefit in that. My first three years, I did that. Um, and also very much from the start, I was involved with groups. I got a group, you know, that's one thing they mention in recovery. It's good to find a home group, a meeting that you attend weekly, you know, or that you have a certain level of investment in, a group that you return to regularly. I became a part of a group. I went to these meetings and I, I volunteered my time and it gave back to me. I, you get what you give. So I volunteered my time to set up the meeting, help get the coffee made, help get the refreshments, the sand. Well, I didn't do the sandwiches too much, but I did like, you know, I would make the coffee. I would set up the audio speaker the, the microphone, the stereo, sorry, the microphone, the PA system for the meeting. I would be a greeter. I'd welcome people into the building. I'd do security. I'd watch the door. Um, I would speak when I was asked. You know, I'd go up and I'd give my rendition of what happened to me, what my life's like then, what my life's like now in recovery. Da-da-da-dum. I got involved in the group. And that was very helpful for me I gave to it and it gave back to me and it was such a vital thing in my recovery I highly recommend it to anyone you know and again people have different situations I was a young man single young man so I had time to go and volunteer and be involved and it gave back to me some other people may be married with children or their situations are different, right? My only suggestion would be do what you can because it does help. And doing what you can could be just as simple as going to the meeting and putting your chair away afterward, you know? If that's what you can do, then do it. And, you know, be a part of the group and nobody's looking, nobody's judging. It's really of nobody's business but yours. And... um my point being is there's value in being involved with a group and there's a and then there's a value with attending a group and um, to everyone's own capacity and there's so much value in it and here I am now five years sober um, I haven't been to I haven't been attending meetings I haven't gone to a meeting in like uh Two years. Yeah. And that works for me. See, I was really seeking God, my faith, uh, my Christian-based faith, 
do unto others as you will have done unto you. Um, I was really seeking that. And, you know, and I was also seeking the unraveling of my life, going after my goals as a performer, considering my future, like, am I going to be a husband, a father? What are my, what's my life outside of performing and outside of alcoholism? What's that like? You know, like, I was really seeking in that way. And, of course, 12-step recovery can help with that. But I was seeing, and it was being shown to me, like an inner knowing. I was getting, it was, I was seeing, and it was being shown to me that I needed to step back and just do me. You know, I, 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 I had learned and got so much benefit from attending meetings. And it came to a point where I felt like, for myself, I no longer needed to go. And not that I no longer have to live a sober life, or I don't have to live and let live, or do unto others as I'll have done unto myself, or, you know, um, take it easy one day at a time. Like, not that I didn't need to do all these things, that they teach in recovery, just that going to meetings didn't seem necessary for me anymore. So I stopped going. And that doesn't mean that I don't consider myself a part of this um, group of people. I mean, the secret society. I think y'all know what I'm talking about. And... Um, you know, that's just part of the traditions that we uphold just to keep it uh, above board. And, you know, let's say I go out and I wind up using again or let's say I do something crazy and, you know, I put the business of the group out there into the public, you know, on my podcast when I talk to people. Oh, I'm Jonathan Ramcharan and I belong to this group. And blah, 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 this group, this group, this group. And then I go and I shit the bed royally. It affects the group negatively. So that's why it's a part of these traditions. But then again, it's a little tongue in cheek. And if you got a point to say, just fucking say it. Right? So there's also that as well. Like if you want to get to people, get to people. But then again, this information's out there. It doesn't take much digging. It's pretty much in the nomenclature and in the, you know, vernacular of the times, the nomenclature, the, uh, what's the word? The, uh, it's a word that starts with a W, the, then the, I don't know, fucking willow cock of um, the times. Isn't there a word that starts with a W that, that, that I'm trying to say here? In terms of like, it starts with a W. It's in the wokeness of the time. No, it's in the, it's in the, it's in the, know, the time. It's in the, uh, something about a beach or something or a bunch. It's in the, uh, no, it's in the vernacular, the woman. It's in the, uh, 
Oh, hell, I don't know. Maybe it'll come to me. But, you know, this group, Secret Society, it's in the times of the time. I think we know what I'm talking about here in regards to drinking. The secret society I belong to that can be found at the front of the phone book, even though we don't have phone books anymore. But, you know, if you were to look up in a phone book, if they existed anymore, if you were to look in a phone book, for the name of this secret society that I belong to, you can find it at the beginning of the alphabet. You know? But we don't mention it by name in the traditions because any negative publicity affects the name and the reputation of the group. And the number one intent of the group is recovery. You know? In the healthiest, most spiritual way. It's recovery. It's not... Making money, it's not pushing on a religious agenda or dogma. It's about recovery. And that's definitely what you can find if you check out this uh, group, society. And, um, you know, I mentioned the fact that I no longer attend meetings because that's also... A real question that people have who attend. It's like, well, at what point can I stop going to meetings? Am I indebted to the group for life? Do I have to do this? Do I have to do that? You don't have to do anything. You know, take it for what it is. Learn what you can. Make your own decisions. Be aware of the consequences. And um, for myself, I find that's what I'm doing. I learned so much from being a part of this group. I'm still a part of this group. I would never hesitate to return to a meeting or to a group or to be getting involved with, um, you know, a meeting or a group or the people. I would never shy away from it if I felt I needed the extra help in my sober life. But, you know, I really sunk my teeth in for three years of recovery. I've met to many meetings. I volunteered my time. And it felt right for me. It was time to move on and seek peace in my search for God, the unraveling of my life, what's next for me, and, you know, abiding by and living by the wisdoms and the principles that I did learn in recovery. So, you know, I also wanted to put that message out because, you know, there's that's a very real thing. You know, sometimes people can feel kind of trapped you know like oh what an undertaking I I gotta be a part of this group and then I'm a part of the group and I'm a member for life and what does that mean and will I be judged if I no longer attend meetings and will I relapse if I no longer attend meetings and what does it mean it means what you want it to mean it's your recovery it's your chance at a new life You know, the the choice is in your hands. And um, there's more than one way to skin a cat. One of the uh, slogans that we we adhere to in this group is keep an open mind. I don't know what tomorrow may bring. But for now, I'm very happy in my, in the work I've done in recovery on myself and where I'm sitting today. I 
I'm a sober man. I've attended meetings. I consider myself a part of the society, the group of which I'm talking, though I no longer attend meetings. And I wouldn't hesitate one second to return to a meeting if I felt I needed to. I'm very much aware of my recovery and what's going on with me. I seek God. I seek a love for my fellow man. And that's what I'm about. And I wouldn't hesitate one moment. Just where I'm sitting today is, you know, I, I no longer attend meetings. And it's not a... It's for no other reason than life's calling. I mean, the point of getting sober is to open up into your life. And that's different for everyone. You know, some people might, you know, really awaken and grow with the idea of having a group that they attend uh, consistently. And they've, they're have a member for life and they're, that's their new way of life. That's their new lifestyle. That's what gives them a certain sense of stability and satisfaction to attend a meeting every week or every day or whatever works for them. That's the beauty of it. It's your recovery. It's your gift. It's your life. So I thank you very much for listening. Um, any questions on recovery, hit me up. jr.thepodcast at gmail.com you know, and again, just to cap it off, uh, you know, I am an alcoholic. I drank for 16 years. Uh, I was a problem drinker from the start, a binge drinker from the start. Things rapidly became like, you know, being drunk several times a week. You know what I mean? Like just fall down, blackout drunk, like several times a week. The last three years of my drinking, I was drunk every single day. So, I mean, if you can imagine that, like, let's say you wake up this morning, the morning of you viewing this, and consider the next three years of your life, you're going to be drunk. Imagine going on a three-year bender. Like, it's basically what I did the last three years of my drinking. And, um, you know, here I am today, five years sober. Um, and, you know, going into the future, as I mentioned, while I, while I'm not afraid of this past or shy of this past or whatever about this past of mine, um, I no longer have real, a real need to talk about it. You know, it's been a recurring thread on JR the P, Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast, I'm always open to emails. If someone wants to talk to me about it, I can definitely, I would definitely love to. And to extend that communication, that'd be awesome if, uh, if that should come my way. But um, aside from that, I don't see myself talking about recovery anytime soon. I'm just thankful for the gift that I was given. I'm a sober man today. It's as if I had no past. It's a it's as if 
it never even happened, you know? I was accountable for all the things I had to be accountable for. I stood up, I made changes, and I'm just living in the recovery in the new day of sobriety. And that's available to anybody out there. And um, on this milestone, this is kind of a milestone, like in the recovery world, you know, there's the first year is marked by like, you know, you get your monthly chips. Then after that, you get your one year chip. And then, you know, the next milestone, I think, is the five year, which we're sitting at here. Five years. And um, as I said, I don't go to meetings. <laughs> so I don't, I don't officially have my five year chip from a meeting. But um, I'm five years sober today. And um, going forward, I, I don't feel a need to. I don't feel a need to express myself as a sober man on the issue of sobriety. I don't feel a need. I had at one point, um, and I have spoke about it, and I'm speaking about it now, and perhaps in the future, I will find the need to again. But for now, I'm just happy to be of service to anybody who has questions or needs somebody to talk to, and I'm, and I'm running with the gift I'm rolling with the gift of life that I've been given. Sobriety and recovery. And my higher power. God. Hallelujah. It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent November 12th. In the year of our Lord, 2021. Yeah, baby. Five years sober. If you're out there and you're struggling, you know, definitely do consider 12-step recovery. Keep an open mind. The best is yet to come. You can do this. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, my own website, jonathan-ramcharan.com. And as always, folks, if you're enjoying the show, getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, guffaws, chortles, please help my black ass out. Share me with a friend. Till next time, folks. You live it. You love it. You realize it. I Peace.